Welcome to the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast, a Christ-centered recovery show where we discuss the habits, mindsets, and tools that will help you live the recovery lifestyle. We believe that if you regularly do the work by reading the Word, showing up at recovery meetings, getting engaged at your local church, and giving back through service, that you will build a stronger relationship with Jesus and experience the freedom that comes from lasting sobriety. Please join myself, Chris Decker, and my co-host, John Rizzi, as we serve as your virtual recovery coaches through Season 2, featuring monthly recovery challenges, inspiring testimonies, expert guest teachings, and the raw, real-time recovery journey that we go through each and every day. To help us reach more people, please subscribe and leave a review. And for now, enjoy today's episode. What is going on, Recovery Nation? Welcome back to the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast. This is your co-host, Chris Decker. I'm joined here in studio by John Rizzi and Pastor Pat, our first returning guest. And he is speaking specifically on this topic of busyness to give you some encouragement. Last week, we threw a challenge in your laps. I would love to hear how your challenge is going. Um, You can send us some direct feedback, recoverylifestyle.com, and just go to that contact section. If you need some additional prayer requests or or anything like that, please submit uh, there. We're very excited to chat with Pastor Pat today on this topic of busyness. Bring us up to speed. What's going on? Me first? Yeah. Um, well, I have, you know, we talked about, well, John, we were just talking, and I apologize. Um, <laughs> not on air. Um, but, you know, um, I have, for a year, lived outside of California. And moving out of California was, um, if God hadn't told us directly to do it i don't know if i would have i i I probably would have do the the thing i always do which is just wait you know procrastinate push things down the road and god was so clear it was time with us so it's been amazing you know but i left i was you know a dad a grandfather um we live in southern california i'm a full-time pastor i would barely you know not enough as a pastor i've never made enough to make ends meet so i work my wife works and it's it was just i mean busy is just a lifestyle you know and it you know, we use busy as a brand. Mm. And and it's like when we go and talk with a group of guys or with each other, anyone, it's like, hey, what's going on? It almost, it's, it just comes out, oh, I'm just so busy. Like, it's a badge of honor. Look how busy I am. You know, look, I am so important. I'm so valuable. I have so much to do. I am busy. And I think it's the, the lamest excuse for not doing that which fulfills us. And And sitting here chatting with the guys, I realized this week and yesterday in particular, I was sitting, I am, have been for the last three years working on my doctorate. I actually pushed the button yesterday. I completed and I am preparing to send in my completed dissertation any day. I'm just waiting for the, the courage to actually push send. <laughs> it's it's done. I've completed it. And I was sitting there yesterday just putting the last reviewing se- on a section. And my grandson's like, hey, Papa, can, can we go play catch? And everything in me is like, um, no. Do you have any idea what I'm doing? Yeah. And I've taught something at church. I have a saying that I've used. I can't tell you how many times. And I've turned around and said, yeah, I am. Let's go. And my daughter who's sitting there goes, wow, Dad. Okay. 
not you know for a minute, not in a minute. And that's a challenge wow. to get out of busy is to stop what you're doing for a minute. You don't have to give up the rest of your day. You don't have to give up all this, t- you know, and, and putting it into segments of, oh, I'll give extra 15 minutes or 10 minutes or even an hour just by saying, you know, I'll, yeah, I, I can do this for a minute. And it's am- amazing. Uh, that became the best part of my day. We went outside and played catch. It, it, I don't know how long it lasted, but as soon as we, we were hot, we walked back upstairs. I'm like, hey, you want to go to the pool? We walked down to their pool in their apartment, and I washed the whole afternoon off. And it was great. It was so great. And I, I, had to, I treasure that. I'll never, I'll never get those back. And we are selling all kinds of our time with this idea that, that our importance and value is based on how busy we are. Totally. Wow. You know, one of the things that I think we're going to infuse into this conversation around intimacy anorexia is the work of Brene Brown. Um, she talks about these 10 guideposts that she discovered doing all this research into wholehearted living. And one of them is cultivating play and rest, letting go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth. Yeah. And that's exactly what you were saying, right? It's like busyness as a brand. Im- yeah. Look yeah. how important I am. I'm so busy. And, and it's because we get caught up in it. If I'm not busy, who am I? Right. Like I'm, I'm not valuable. That's not true. We have, I have family, extended family, and some that have chosen not to, we don't speak anymore. But I have a close couple of, uh, of relations. One is my identical twin, and we don't talk. Oh, and and, and it's, it's so tragic, not because we don't want to. I just, my wife just FaceTimed the other day. We were all together after church on Sunday. We're all hanging out, and she FaceTimed him, and he answered, and he was like, oh. And, and all he could say is, I, I'm so buried. I'm so busy. I just don't have time. I've texted him. I've called him. You know, I mean, it's a different lifestyle. I'm driving my car and, and a song comes on. It reminds me of him in high school. I'm like, dude, I'm thinking of you. Yeah. So I just push call in my car because I can't, not supposed to have my phone. <laughs> so I push, you know, my screen, call call Tim. And, and I call him and, 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 you know, it's voicemail. Yeah. Mm. We're just so busy. We're, and it's such a, it's such a legitimate excuse that we allow that. And, and honestly, we would say it's, it's not. You know it's what totally I love? Not. Pastor Rick says, you know, even if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. Yep. <laughs> I think that's just a great saying. And I loved your saying about um, for a minute, not in a minute. Man, I wish I would have t- taken that to heart when my kids were young because that's that's such a powerful thing to say, like, I'm going to give you this time. I'm going to allow the interruption. It's very Christ-like. It is, and I'm super proud. It was a total proud dad moment. It was my daughter that that said it to me, and that's something I taught and, and with the kids, and it's actually something Gina went to, a, I think, a retreat probably 15-plus years ago, and she brought it home and said, you know, this is something we need to put into practice, and I'm so grateful because it's so easy to go, yeah, yeah, I will in a minute, in a minute, which yeah. is it's just like right. telling a kid uh, maybe. Yeah. Right. Can I get this dad, please? Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's just an easy way of, of of kicking the no down the road. Yeah, totally. The same way. Wow. <laughs> and and I, I'd like to also touch on, you mentioned busyness as a legitimate excuse, is that I've never been questioned on my excuse of busyness. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's accepted readily. And um, no one in my life has pressed back and says, I think you're too busy. Because it's validated. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't even ask. You know what I'm saying? What are yeah. you doing? What What's going on? Yeah. Why? Oh, are you so, why too are much you so to busy? talk about. Too much to explain. <laughs> too much. Like, no. I'm, I'm, that's not rhetorical. 
give me an answer. Yeah. What are you doing? And honestly, when I press into people, the answer I get more often than not is nothing. I'm like, what? Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. So it's not even valuable enough to explain to me <laughs> or to take the time to explain, but it's it's so valuable. This is interesting. So what so let's define this. What causes us to feel busy? Is it really is it really, you know, a task list or is it more of a of a priority? If we're if you're hearing nothing, that means it's not something totally valuable, right? Or what do you think? Well, I think it's 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 so much. We've allowed so much, you know, and one of the examples, we'll talk about my brother, he does, I mean, he sells real estate, he's the CEO of a company, he has his um, grand, couple of grandkids live with him in Alabama, and, and it's just, it, there's so much, but none of I'm like, what exactly? Yeah. And we compartmentalize that almost, I hate to say it this way, we compartmentalize nothing but everything. Hmm. Because it's everything is so so much so that much that is, you know, it's funny because I, when I, when I I've visited my parents a few times and I kept telling my mom like how much I want to retire like I'm I'm ready to retire and she always says well what would you do and and I I would be like well I'd ride my bike uh, and then she's like then what'd you do with the rest of the day and it's like I didn't even really have a ready list but I knew that I, I feel really overwhelmed right. Like, uh, mm. and so I actually, I started making a list so I could read it to her because she kind of pisses me off when she asks me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but my point is so you said you had some righteous driving <laughs> anger. Yeah, I don't know how righteous it was, but uh, my, my point is is it a surprise to anybody that there is more to do than we can ever have time to do it? Not a surprise. No, right? Like, of course not. So if I'm looking at the list and saying, yeah, there's so much on here, I'm never going to get to it all. That's true. And if that starts to make me feel anxious and I'm like, like hurrying to try and keep up, to try and put more and more and more and more and more in, that's where I'm going to fail. That's where I'm going to fall down. That's where I'm going to crowd out really important things for stuff that's probably not even really that important. You know, I recently heard that, you know, um, there will be moments in a person's life, and I know I've experienced this, that are so painful that it causes a like a reset. Yeah. Where I, I question everything that I'm doing and then just weed through all these things, you know, and like... I'm wondering, like, have you ever had a reset button? Was this move a reset in any way? Well, sure. I mean, I think in so much as I knew that we had an unsustainable lifestyle. I mean, just it was just not, we were, we were stressed. And I, the last few months, probably six months, I watched my wife um, work, and I could see her getting frazzled. Mm. And I'm like, this is just no way I want to live. I don't even, I, yeah. and... If you think about it, you know, the idea of writing your own obituary. Mm-hmm. And what do you want it to say? None of the things that you just mentioned would be on that list. That's right. This is what I did when I retired. This is what I had. John what rode I had. a bike. Yeah. <laughs> right. I just, and so it was a, um, I don't want to say forced, but kind of a forced retirement in so much as I don't have the overhead anymore. So we actually are in a place where it's, okay, I know what I want to do next. And it starts with not as much. Yeah, I mean, it's so like I want to be able to choose in my day. Yeah, I want to. I want to go to the gym now. 
I'm going to go to the, at, at 1 o'clock in the, you know, because I got up and I, I was writing or I went to the library. I'm going to go to the gym now. And then I, <clears throat> I want to go to a, you know, being in Texas, uh, once a, probably once a week or so, we go to the shooting range. <laughs> and there is something about that, just yeah. being able to w- walk in and, 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 and just shoot a target and put some holes <laughs> in paper. It's a cool feeling. But just to be able to, to, to do that, not worrying about, did I get enough done so I can feel valuable, so I can, ha- you know, take the time and, and not feel like I'm cheating, by, but, you know, myself or my family by not doing enough. There's a couple things that are coming up here. Yeah, um, so if you could talk more about the value of spontaneity, it sounds like, mm-hmm. you know, a version of freedom for you is being able to say, I want to do this right now and being able to have the margin in your life to be able to do that. And then also recognizing that your value is not necessarily in all these things that you have going on. Um, and I'm wondering where that true value comes from. You know, simply put, um, value is based on your identity. And, and we, in our culture, and most people define their identity by, by what they do mm-hmm. and what they own. Look what I have. Look what I do. I mean, I have, I mean, close relatives who I haven't seen. and I'm dying to talk to, and and they yeah. hand me a business card. <laughs> I'm like, what? And it's you know, it's CEO. I'm like, I'm like, wow, that, good for you. How do you? You know, I, I don't, I don't know. I you said something, and I want to touch on before I forget about value, and I'll just say you know, value, but what you do, and you know, and what you have, but we don't value margin. And, and, you know, when, when you talk about the list and, and John's mom upsetting him, getting him to fire it up, because John's a list guy. And John doesn't <laughs> like the amount of words I use a lot of times in, in situations. And John and I have been friends a long time. But John, you know, who does what? He loves lists. Get it done. And this is, and that's mm-hmm. a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. And that, but the, 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 the value of margin doesn't exist in that world. In that, in that worldview, it's like, yeah, 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 margin. It, that's an earned privilege for someone someday somewhere else. And when the people do it, they're, we, we look at them as lazy. Like, wow, you, wow you're not, what are you doing in the middle of the day? Can I ask you a Bible question, Pastor Pat? How did Jesus respond to difficult situations? Well, the identity I was getting to is my identity in Christ. Yeah. So how Jesus responded, he, he was in the moment. And it didn't matter what the situation was. That's because he. I think he lived in margin. Everything was about where he was, and there was always room for whatever that was. We live, you know, without margin. So outside of margin, with destination, Hmm. Uh, I have to get this done or be somewhere. It's the next. Yeah, I don't live in the now. Mm -hmm. But most people, and that's that's the problem. We want to be Christ-like. I think the greatest place. We find ourselves being Christ-like is when we're suffering, because that's mm-hmm. when we're, we're 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 without, you know, excuse. Without it's like, oh my gosh, all this whatever the pain is in that pain, we find it's it's how we can relate to, and not for Christ to get us out. It's that we're in a place where we can't fix it ourselves, and that's that's the where it's like, okay, when Jesus was in moments, yeah. And carving out time and margin, he could have done anything. He could have snapped his fingers and solved everything and, and never have to have margin. He didn't have to stop ever. And the fact that he did shows us the value of, of how important that is for us in our lives. If we want to be Christ-like, it's to find that space, find that margin. 
I I I seem to remember there were some times when he also retreated in prayer to go spend time with the Father, and and to and to reflect and to take that margin in that space. And the illustration that came up for me is that my emotions and my pain is like this speeding bullet train that the busier I can stay, I can try and outrun mm. this speeding bullet train of pain and suffering and emotion. And if I am still for longer than 30 seconds, if I am available for a minute, not in a minute, I might have to feel all that. Yeah. And that's hard. And <laughs> do you do you find yourself thinking that you'd be alone in that as well? I feel 100%. Yes. You know, I think of the story when after Jesus fed the the 5,000 and he retreated and he went up on on a mountain. And what we don't know about that that retreat is that's when the the disciples got in the boat and started to go across the water. Mm. And they were alone. And and, and all of a sudden a storm hit. And everything, they're like, oh my gosh, this is the worst. We're going to die. And that guy who's supposed to be the guy who just gave that message and did all that stuff, all miracle, and he's not here. But he was sitting there watching him. And we don't where he would have been would have been he would have had vision. He would have been able to see where, where they were. Not supernatural, just by looking the story. He would have been able to see it. And then he walked out to him. I don't think we're ever alone. I don't think we're ever cast off and like, oh, he can't see us, he doesn't know. And that's the part for our humanness that we struggle with. I, I I don't know, I don't know what it's like to be the to mind to have his all knowing understanding, and I, I don't. And for me to think that he doesn't understand and doesn't know, it puts me into him. Like I want Christ to be Pat like yeah. instead of me to be Christ like. And that's where I just we can get that place of like, man, I know you, I know you're there, and I know you're watching, and I know you know what I need. And that's where man, because otherwise, yeah, we are a bullet train. So. I want to make an assertion is that by by me thinking that my busyness can outrun the love of God that I'm living in in sin and I'm not trusting that God will be there in so much as separation from separation from right as opposed, we look at the word sin and, and we always look at it dirty nasty oh you're bad I don't think sin is 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 that. St- I just read Pope Francis's book, uh, the the God's name is mercy, and right. and and um, anyway, please go. No, no, that's I, what's I, prompting this. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's important because I think if when we look at sin, it's bad me. Yeah, and 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 mm-hmm. big, all great dad, father, God's going bad you, and all it is, sin is just distance. Yeah, it, it puts distance between us and God. It's just it, we're not focusing on the the fear in the in the boat when they're panicked and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe this." The great one of the I think to me one of the most amazing miracles that was when Peter said, "You know, Lord, is that you?" And and mm-hmm. it wasn't come look at my idea with it. Just one word, he said, "Come." Mm-hmm. But you tell me to come, and I'll come. He said, come, and he and he jumped out of a boat. Yeah. That he thought was going to be swamped and die. It wasn't a little boat. There's twelve guys are in it. So this is not like like a rowboat with two oars in it, and these guys all <laughs> stacked on top of each other. This is a pretty large. So it wasn't. It was a leap of faith, hmm. and to, to hit water, and stand. Man, I mean, eleven other guys had the same opportunity. The same. They could have done me too. And all they all were waiting for him to sink, hmm. and it only took a moment before Peter took his eyes off him, and he looked at the waves instead. He started sinking. 
Mm. So like only for a, for a moment, his fear was overcome by his faith. But how quickly that disappeared. And it disappeared when he took his eyes off Christ. Yeah. Wow. And then in that moment, but he was so far away that, and that's, I think, why he took his eyes off. He was, he, was, he couldn't recognize him. Yeah. So he's far enough away in storm, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's us. It's, yeah, but I'm out. and like, woohoo, I'm standing on water, but look at this wave. Mm. And the minute he took his eyes off, because he couldn't really see him, he started sinking. And at that moment, he turned, and Jesus was standing there. He reached his hand and lifted him up. I mean, that's so far away. I mean, that just, I don't know. I, I love that miracle because it's not um, so super enormous. It's simple. And it was just, hey, look at me. Hey, come to me. And I think that's that's the part where, where every moment of every day, if we just stop long enough. Can I talk about a leadership thing here? Because I, I I think it's bringing something up for me. Is that the, the times when I feel the busiest, and I, I, I think... I'd like to get your input on this too, John. The times that I feel the busiest is when I'm doing stuff that I know I should be giving to other people that I know that I know others in the body of Christ could be handling better than I can oh, when so I'm doing things that are not about delegation. Yeah. But when I'm doing things that are not in my gifting, yeah. I get overwhelmed and tired and I'm very busy, but like not productive at all. Like parable of the talents, I'm basically the guy who buried the treasure in the sand. You yeah. know? <laughs> right? Right. And delegation, it's funny because one of the three objectives for my my doctorate was delegating. I'm I I'm A type. My dad was a perfectionist. I was always held to a standard I never got to, I felt. So I'm always thinking, well, I have to do better, so I have to do it. And part of the thing was was over the course of six weeks we developed, I had six, seven leaders and myself develop a relational discipleship strategy. And in that process, I, I had set an objective that I'm not going to teach how to do this. I'm going to teach the first one on the theology of why, and then I'm going to kick it off and say, guys, who's volunteering? And, and I watched these leaders put something together that I think could change discipleship in perpetuity. It was re- remarkable. And they cut me off a lot. <laughs> I, I mean, I remember John led a couple of them. And he's like, he's like, that's too many words. I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's a vision statement. It has to be explained. No, it, it, this is simple. It's to the point, to, you know, just, it just needs about sharing, the, sharing Jesus. That's it. I'm like, no, it's going to be longer. And like, no, it doesn't. And that was powerful, John. In 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 your in your life in your career, you are a manager. Like you have a lot of people that look to you. Um, and so I'm 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 wondering if you could chime in with some perspective here. Yes, for sure. And and there's something I want to reference that I think is really really good. Um, I've mentioned this company before. I've mentioned Michael Hyatt before, and they're this free to focus, and they have this this thing that they call the Freedom Compass. And it's, it's really like, it's almost like a four by four matrix. They turned it into a circle, but it's like proficiency and passion, right? So at the intersection uh, where I'm both passionate and proficient, that, that's where I add the most value. That's where I'm like in the zone, right? Hmm. But there's also a, a, an area where I'm passionate, but not proficient. They call this the distraction zone because this is where it's like, 
oh, I'm good at this, so I'm, or I like this, so I'm going to do it, but I suck at it. Right. Right. right? And then there's, there's also where I'm good at it, but it's not really adding value. And for me, that's an area where I spend way too much time, right? Because I think, and, and I'm sure a lot of leaders can, can relate to this, like, uh, it's going to take me way longer to explain how to do this than it is for me to just do it myself. Yeah. Because I can crank this out in 10 seconds, right? Uh, and I, obviously that's that's hyperbole because if it only took 10 seconds, it wouldn't be sucking up so much time. So this stuff, t- <laughs> but this stuff sucks up time. And especially yeah. if I have a lot of it. Can I add a personal thing here? Yeah. In my marriage, my wife and I went through this program called Financial Peace University. And in the first day, they get you to identify who is the free spirit and who is the nerd. The nerd <laughs> is the one that does the numbers and enjoys budgeting. And the free spirit is the one that enjoys spending. and um my wife is very clearly the nerd and i'm very clearly the free spirit i do have um i do have good discernment on what we should invest in and things like that um but that simple delineation of let's do what each other is good at as a team in our marriage has brought us so much not busyness. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. And 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 you know, typically, especially if we as leaders and managers, if we do a good job of hiring for the things that maybe there someone else will have a passion for something that I don't have a passion for, right? That's when I mean that's what 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 Paul talks about all the time in, in the body of Christ, right? Like you're good at, at one thing, Pat's good at another thing, I'm good at another thing. Combined, we're unstoppable. <clears throat> but but far too often, you know, I think there's a tendency to look for people who are, who are more like me. And, and and when that happens, you know, we, we stunt the entire organization. I think that's why recovery meetings are so important too and small groups is because in this relational discipleship process and this strategy, I mean, having a good amount of diversity is super crucial. What do you think, Pat? Uh, it's a, it's an imperative. I mean, otherwise, I think we we think we're, we are the expert. We think we are the answer, and we look to ourselves for the answer, or if we don't have it, to produce it. Hmm. And that creates the busy. I, I have to get it done. <clears throat> that's interesting. That the circle thing that John was talking about. That's that's super powerful. Because, I mean, look at it from the perspective of most of us probably played some sport, and we thought we were passionate about it. And we thought, man, if I could just do this professionally, we would hurt a team. <laughs> yeah. We would hurt all ourselves. But we, we think we yeah. can. Right. And, and we know now, like, none of us could say, no matter how, if I had unlimited funds and no, nothing else to do, if I committed myself to it, I still couldn't play professional basketball. I, I, You're I'm, too tall. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tall on radio. Uh, no, but it, I, I never could. I don't have that. Yeah. And so, but we, we we fool ourselves into thinking that somehow we can twist reality yeah. and be busy or enough that I can make something happen. And that's just, you know, silly. And I'm not discounting hard work. Hmm. I think hard work's an imperative, and I think we can accomplish a lot. But it is tough. When you're not working in your, and, and I don't mean just your sweet spot, but how God D- designed you yeah i mean that's just it's like trying to write with your left hand i think they do that in peace too or something they tell you to we're talking about you know your gifting do something that's not natural and we all 
to, but writing left-handed or whatever the opposite hand is, it, it, it's like it's hard. It doesn't look right, and it's hard to. It's like, well, that's just why do that. It takes twice as long. It's not as effective in, in, in any kind of communication because you might be the only person that can read it. <laughs> right. And so you work with what you what you are gifted and how you can do it. But it's it's man, it's hard to figure that out. So there's um. Something that just came to mind is, you know, one of the recovery lifestyle tenets here of service. Um, you know, I, I think back to like different ways that I've volunteered at different things. Like one time for a CR summit, I was everything from a greeter to a food server to taking recyclables down to the trash. Um, and some of those things uh, some of those things were not in my strength zone. I was not the best food server, (laughs) but I really enjoyed greeting people and it brought me, it brought out a a, a lot of good in me. And, and I don't think I really started to discover some of those things about myself until I tried a variety of things. So, you know, perhaps what's lacking is a little bit of a self audit and some discernment into, what are some things that I enjoy and I'm good at? Where, where do I find that balance of proficiency and passion in serving the body here? And am I doing some things that are creating a lot of friction in my life? I think those are great questions to ask ourselves because, you know, if, if when you were saying that about serving, the, the first thought that came to my mind was like, who cares? You're serving. Who cares if you're good at it? Like you're trying, but, but, your sponsor had me recycle a lot of bottles. <laughs> yeah, well, that sucked. I mean, I don't know if anybody <laughs> enjoys that. <laughs> but but uh, actually, I mean, you know, I did enjoy it. And you know why? It wasn't because of the task. Yeah. It was because of what we were doing and who we were doing it for. Right. Exactly. Uh, and so... Depends who we're working for. Are we working for you know, this brand and a badge of honor, or are we working as if working for the Lord? Right. For a minute, not in a minute. We're not making this legitimate excuse of busyness. (laughs) Yeah. In quotes, right? Well, I, I, I loved how you started with that because it's like, yeah, nobody questions it. Because everybody's thinking the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. In fact, that that one of the things Brene Brown talks about is like, it's kind of like this pissing contest, right? Where it's just like, oh, she she tells this story about these these attorneys. Yeah. Where that 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 culture is particularly, you know, leans toward busyness as a badge of honor. And it's like... <clears throat> One guy's in the elevator saying, oh, man, worked so late last night. And the other guy's like, no, dude, I didn't even go home. And it's like, and they're proud of this. And, and it's it's like, that's unsustainable. You know, they will crash and burn at some point. Um, so <clears throat> I, I think the, 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 this proficiency thing, if if I can find that sweet spot and let go of the rest... That means that's where I'm adding the most value, whether it's in my job, in my marriage, or in the body, right? You know, you you said something about asking yourself questions and the questions you asked, and they're all awesome. If we all had a friend, an honest friend who had no, nothing to gain, that, your spouse, if you have one, but someone you can go, look, what am I good at? And, and 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 I love you know and getting some some really positive but honest feedback 
Man, we could weed through some stuff pretty quickly because you could, you know, if you have someone and or you know somebody, we're so afraid of hurting, mm. we're so afraid of offending. Just say, man, you're not, you're not. Unless someone's really horrible, that's easy. Oh man, <laughs> you stink at that. That's easy. But when when you see someone and they're they're struggling, instead of helping them find something, we want to either coach them to do better, and it may not be their gifting. You said something about if it's your gifting or at least you're just serving. So what? Who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares? <clears throat> if you're not in your sweet spot and you're serving meals to, to people and they're whatever, homeless or however you're serving, it's so apparent that you don't want to be doing that. Mm-hmm. And there's someone whose gift is just is hospitality and they're just cherishing every moment to hand something out. That they're, I mean, they're, it's like, wow, they're getting the, all this. I love doing this. I love doing this. Somebody's getting it going, wow, you, wow, wow. Thanks. You, it's so apparent. But if they're not, you can watch somebody like, dude, go serve somewhere else. Go do recycling. <laughs> That's Go funny. do something else you don't, because you're not good. I have seen the greeter. That's like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not your role. Okay. But let's bring this home. Recovery show. A lot of people struggling with addictions. And we're, we decided to throw a total wrench in the machine here with busyness and give everybody this impossible challenge of adding some time with God, adding some time with your spouse. And um, I, I want to make sure we give people some encouragement along uh, their journey. How would you encourage these folks, Pastor Pat? Just try it for a minute, not in a minute. If you just put, if you know it's a priority, it's something you want to try to do, whatever it is. When we try to bite off, all right, I'm going to give, you know, a, a, a date night and, and a whole, and, and I love it and I've been practicing it, but there's times and seasons when we don't and we have to find other ways. So we play cards. Well, you know, just, just stop. And it's like, hey, you want to just play a, a game of cards and, and we'll stop and play cards in the afternoon or, or evening. And instead of trying to, to, you know, okay, well, let's let's go to the movies and we'll go out to dinner. And we'll, and, or I, there, sometimes the, the task becomes so large that it's easy to procrastinate. Interesting. So if we just go, look, I just, I want to, I want to spend an hour a day with God. Start with a minute. Yeah. I just want a minute with God. Right. And you know, you can you can take one minute, ten times a day, or twenty. You find yourself like, wow, I had forty minutes with God. Not all together. He's not. That doesn't matter. That's advice for people like me who are struggling with this challenge. And so I, I, I love that. Is is um, I committed to thirty minutes of quiet time every day. I am not hitting that goal. I think I've gotten two out of seven days, and um, I'm gonna just try and start with one minute. Yeah. Now watch what happens in that Atomic Habits book. Right, James Clear talks about. He has a two-minute rule, and he says, just do it for two minutes. And and it's really the habit of showing up will start to build the momentum, and then the two minutes becomes four, and the four becomes eight, and the eight becomes 16. And before you know it, you're at your 30 minutes. So if anybody um, has taken the challenge and is absolutely crushing it, please tell us what you're doing right. We want to learn from you. How did you figure this out? <laughs> yeah. Recoverylifestyle.com slash contact. And please tell us how you did it. We would love to learn from you. And one thing, Chris, you know, you asked Pat about, uh, about the, how to approach this. And, and one tip that I would say is just spend a few minutes prioritizing the areas of my life. Mm-hmm. Because if I do that, <clears throat> 
and I and then I compare that to what's actually happening, almost certainly, and we t talked about this a little bit last time, almost certainly a lot of that's going to be inverted, right? Because I'm going to say aspirationally, number one is my relationship with God. Number two is is my health overall, right? Because I'm no good to anybody if I'm not if I'm not healthy. Number three should be my marriage. This is me personally, not yeah. not anyone else. <clears throat> and and the list goes on, right? And and lower and lower, you, I, I get to things like my career and money. Uh, and but yet, you look at my calendar, and I'm working fifty at least fifty hours a week. Is is that mean I'm not prioritizing? I mean, are my priorities upside down? Sometimes. What are the changes that I can make to put the things that I aspire to be at the top of the list actually at the top of the list? And, and who are you accountable to? Yeah. You know, we, we say God, we say my, ourselves, but if you find an accountability partner, and this is recovery works like this, mm -hmm. right? As when you when you tell someone and you're accountable to someone, look, I want to do this, and and if I, I'm struggling, I want to be able to reach out and talk to you. It's no different. Find someone accountability partner. And go look. I just I want to do this, and it's not it, again bite size. Not I want to I want a half hour quiet time tomorrow. If I'm the call me and make sure. No no no. That then it's not really that, that's not happening. <laughs> a minute. But say I want to I want to I want to have I want to stop a minute every morning for the next week. See what happens. And watch, watch how it morphs into. It, it, what it ends up for me happening is I have to be pulled out of it. Like I'll be into it and it's like, hey, you know, like something will happen or my wife will go pat. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I, I'm, I'm way deep into this time, which usually I'm not interrupted. But if, if it happens, it takes that long. Because you don't. It is most important. But if you're not telling someone and not accountable, we will hold like to myself like, oh, I, I promise to myself I will. Man, I let myself down all the time. Uh, yeah, mm. I, I think the the thing here is giving ourselves a lot of grace. Um, I know specifically as it relates to quiet time. You know, that's a that's something that's consistently in our CR, right? Where they're encouraging us to st establish a quiet time. And I tried for years to get it, and nothing. Just kept flop, flop, flop. And I, I kept giving myself grace, and eventually I built it up, and now it's really rock solid and consistent. But it took a really, really long time. And you know, we have this challenge for a month. You might not get that that habit established in a month, but if you get some momentum going and you build on it slowly, I think that you know, basically, we're giving the listeners permission to give themselves some grace, build the momentum. Don't you hold hold yourselves to such a extreme standard that. Yeah failure is just inevitable right it has to be sustainable yeah a minute every morning totally sustainable totally and and that, those that'll grow because once you start doing it, 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 yeah, too, it draws right? you in right yeah yeah so um for those that are uh feeling stuck in this challenge for those that are um, hesitant towards starting this challenge or you're doing great in this challenge wherever you're at um, if you are feeling the weight of the challenge, if you are feeling any sort of guilt, if you are feeling that you are not enough, I want to um, ask Pastor Pat right now before we get into our open share to, to pray for our listeners right now, wherever they're at. Pastor Pat, can you pray for us? Yeah. Father God, we are so grateful, um, one, for the opportunity, the time you've given us. Help us to be stewards of that time 
that that we could, you know, with the grace you've given us, allow the grace um, to shower into our lives. Allow us to be not just graceful, but be grace-filled so that we can just take little steps. Give us the strength to just slow down a little bit, not to wear the badge of busy, but to truly just look to you for the guidance. Trust your peace, the peace that surpasses understanding, which is it's it's not a quantity thing. It's just a moment-by-moment thing. Let us take advantage of that and try to reach out just to have moments with you. And watch where the moments turn into. Not try to make, you know, we, we <laughs> to change the world or change my world, just to change me one moment at a time. And and watch what you can do with that. And I just ask that, Father God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of all names, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Why don't you roll us into um, our first open share for, to, for, for today? So this is where, introduce yourself. Hey, guys, I'm Pat grateful believer in Jesus Christ, whatever you're struggling with, and then just whatever's on your heart. Hey, I'm Pat, and I'm a grateful believer, but I am crippled by busy. Hey, Pat. Hey, Pat. You know, it's um, it's something that I think I've excused most of my life. Um, I, I come from a big family. I'm an identical twin. Everything was judged by a standard of how I was compared to this person who looks just like me. And so um, the more I did, the better I, I I thought I was doing. And so for me, it's a conscious effort, just moment by moment, to be where I am and not try to be somewhere else or get somewhere else or get something else, just to cherish where I'm at. And it's it's life-changing. It's, it's what I try to do, but I'm constantly – I have to remind myself all the time, you know, it's – tasks matter, but – Getting them done doesn't doesn't make more valuable. It just mm. means I got it done. So it just you know it's just enjoying the moments. Mm. Thanks, Pat. Nice job, Pat. Hey, you guys. My name is John. I'm a follower of Jesus. I am in recovery for sex addiction. I struggle with intimacy anorexia. What's up, John? What's up, John? Hey, you guys. You know what? I needed this session today so bad because <laughs> I brought up the challenge to my wife on Saturday. And uh, she was like, what are we going to do <laughs> if we can't talk about the kids, if we can't talk about politics, uh, if we can't be on our devices, if we can't watch something, it was almost like, what the H are we going to do? <laughs> and, and, and it was like, oh, man, this is not going well. <laughs> and we had set the bar in the challenge as an hour contiguous. And I was like. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's got to be an hour, right? <laughs> and then I get into it with my wife, and now I'm thinking, you know what? If I can piece together 15 minutes at a time throughout the week, I want to declare victory. Thanks, guys. I'm John. John. Hey, guys. Chris, grateful believer in Jesus Christ, uh, here in recovery from alcohol, sex, porn, money, and codependency. Chris. Oh, man. Today has brought me so much joy. I love this topic. I love the challenge. And I love how we're fig- we're just we're just trusting God on on this journey. Um, and uh, I'm so grateful for Pastor Pat's time today. I'm so grateful for your time today, John. And um, I got a lot out of today's conversation. So thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Want to close this out, John? I do, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, so much for our listeners and for this topic and just this whole 
concept of the challenges and 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 then today recognizing the grace that you pour into our lives and that we need to soak that in and and give it to others and to ourselves and lord i just pray that you meet every one of these listeners right where they are and encourage them embolden them to step out in faith to take whatever the next faith step that you're calling them to you know you're giving us the time and energy to do what you want us to do. I know that that to be true. So my job is to figure out what that is. And I just pray that you would help each and every one of us discover what that is so that we get into our passion zone so that we are productive for your kingdom. And I ask this in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, you made it this far in the episode. I'd like to congratulate you because to me that shows that you're taking your recovery seriously. If you'd like to reach out, please visit recoverylifestyle.com. You can use the contact form to submit a prayer request, give us ideas for future episodes, or simply to just share what's on your mind. We would love to hear from you. If you really are enjoying the show, what would mean a lot is if you could subscribe and leave a review. That will help more people find the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast.